Warning, you are now listening to Up in Flames. We up in flames, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Let me hear it, Lambo. We up in flames. We up in flames. We up in flames. Yeah, we up in flames, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we up in flames, yeah. Yeah, uh, we up in flames. Hold on, uh, check this go. We up in flames, yeah. Uh, we up in, uh, yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah. Woo. We up in, uh, yeah, we up in flames. We up in flames. What's going on, everybody, to another edition of Up the Flames here on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. As always, I'm your host, Mo, VP of Off the Ball Network, and obviously the host of Up in Flames. But today, I got a special guest. I got a guy. I've been, I've been, we've been putting it off. Our schedules haven't matched, and we've been needing the leak for the longest. And, you know, we have to celebrate something he's done. But before we get into that, I got my guy, Dante Artis, assistant coach, one of the assistant coaches of the Wilson Prep high school team out there in North Carolina. Dante, what's going on, bro? What's up, man? Appreciate you for having me, man. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I had to put you on. Obviously, you know, let, let's just jump straight into it. Uh, you, You've had a lot to celebrate lately. You got, you got a little more bling. You know, you got a little more bling added to you. So let's talk about it. Y'all won the state championship. I mean, for, for anybody who's real close to basketball and really understands, bro, winning a state championship is high school on any level, whether it's player, whether it's coach, or even fans, uh, uh, you know, uh, being from that city, that's that's a big deal. That That's putting on for the city that, that's bringing something to brag about. So as winning the state championship, what is what has life been like? It, it just walk me through the process. Just just walk me through y'all state championship, the process to getting there, the, the whole grind. Just walk me through everything to ultimately be able to hoist up that state championship. All right. So a lot of people when we, uh, last year when it first started, you know, it was kind of odd because a lot of the um, hard scheduling games because of COVID and all that stuff like that. So we uh. We were just happy to have a season because right before the season started, well, yeah, right when school started, uh, our whole conference had dropped out. But uh, one team, which was North Edge, come, so that kind of killed our scheduling right there. And they limited us to certain amount of games. I think it was 14, if I'm mistaken. So mm-hmm. only thing, only teams we played was um, North Edge, come, which was a conference game. And it was only two games because we had to go to them. They had to come to us. And that was um, – on. That was gonna decide who win the conference championship. So, and then uh, we uh, Greenfield, they down the road from us. That's where our uh, aunt played at. Him and Coach Juice, they played there. Played there. So they did a good job for looking out and scheduling with us two games. So we ended up with four games in the regular season, and uh, the first two games were against Greenfield. They they they're well known uh, program. Everybody familiar with Kobe White going there and stuff like that. So, yeah, we played them first game, came down to the wire. We lost by one. The second game, we just didn't show up as a team, period. And it, it wasn't good for us. So, everybody, after that, after those two games, we started off 0-2. It seemed like the world was coming down. Everybody in the, in the area uh, thought that was going to be pretty good and, and stuff like that. You hear all the talks and the barbershops and stuff. So, we were just telling our guys, like, hey, man, don't worry about the outside noise. It was our first two games. 
we trying to we trying to we trying to figure out where you know what I'm saying like yeah as uh, our team and stuff like they don't worry about it. let's bounce back. So our next two games versus North Edgecombe, we beat pretty bad, and just like that, we'll we're getting ready for the playoffs, <laughs> like just like that. And um, far as the playoff, the first game it was an easy. Game. I can't remember what team we played. It was an easy game. It was like a kind of like a tune up how a normal playoff would be first round. And uh, after that, it was just like we were beating the odds. Like every time we go, on, see me, I'm a type of guy. Some people don't like to see what's be put on social media and stuff. I'm always looking for some something to get me routed up. So. I go look on Twitter and stuff, and I see people picking in, pick, picking teams over us because they got one star guy, and I'm, and me and the staff, we not ask, we not not saying like we cocky or whatever, but we like, hey man, we we too good of a staff and too good of a team for to let one guy beat us. So our philosophy was kind of like, okay, if he a good player, he gonna score, he gonna have his moment, but let's wear him out because when we make him check out mentally, the other guys will check out because that's who they lean on. And that's yeah. for the philosophy. That was our philosophy the whole playoff, and we played against some good guys, man. They had some. It was some good teams, but we realized they all lean on that one, one or two guys, and not go with just to make it so tough on him. Where third quarter he ready to check himself out mentally. He he done. He fatigued, and we you know so that's when we can mash the gas a little harder and take it to another level. And, you know what I'm saying, man? Come out victorious, and that's what we did the whole playoff, but. We got to the championship game. I mean, everybody in the area was rooting for us, but then again, we got that vibe where it's like something gonna happen. It seemed like our city cursed when it comes when it mm-hmm. comes to the state championship. It seemed like our city just cursed, like and like it ain't gonna happen. It's kind of like how people probably figure with my Phoenix Suns. Oh, they got the roster to do it, but I just can't see the Phoenix Suns winning the championship. You know what I'm right. saying? But then we went down there. Um, it was on a normal championship game. Usually, we uh, our, our games be held in, uh, at PSC uh, Arena at NC State or uh, at Carolina Chapel Hill the gym. Mm-hmm. So, I had to switch it up a little bit this year. And like I said, I look me and the staff. We look for something to get us going and look for something to take the practice to get our players going. And like a few days before um, the championship game, high school OT had interviewed. I, uh coach Ant and the head coach of Lincoln Tartar, which is which is the team that we played in on championship game. And he 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 wasn't he wasn't all cocky, but he he was saying some stuff that kinda rubbed us the wrong way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, I can't remember all the stuff he said, but it rubbed us the wrong way. And we took it to practice and we showed the players like this is what this team think of you and it just you could see it on their face. They was ready to go. But then after that we got them locked in and on the gold, and we just told we just told them, hey man, do what we do. We'll you know we're gonna have a chance. Let's do what we do. And I, a lot of our guys ain't never been in a game like that, so we knew it was gonna be a perfect game. But we, but when the game started, man, we we probably played like a a D plus <laughs> the first yeah. half, and we I think we went down in uh, at halftime down by like ten. And once we're in the halftime, the guys weren't fussing at each other, but you can see. The sense of urgency. You can see, oh, man, we got to do this. We got to do that. Oh, we got, you know what I'm saying? We just calling the guy down. We're like, hey, man, that's just the first half. Like, think about it. We played one of our worst games all year and one of our biggest games all year. Uh, all year, and we only down by 10. Yeah. So we just had we just had to get the guys regrouped and stuff, and they went out the, 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 the I say, like, the first half of the third quarter doing the same old stuff. 
And then I think Coach Ant called a timeout. And he, he mainly looked at the seniors. He took them out of the game. He said, hey, man, hey, this all y'all got. This last quarter and a half, whether you win or lose, it's going stick to with, stick with you forever. So you might well make the best out of it. And this all you got. And they, they, you know what I'm saying, they responded well. And we went to the bench and put in some guys that really won the Roy Williams moves. Really, really didn't play a lot the whole year. And they gave the team a spark. And we just took off, man. We just took off. And we ended up winning by, I think, double digits, man. I got, I got something to show. That's how we end up with one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we yeah. end up with these. So it, it was a good little story, man. And I'm just glad the guys, and even myself, man. I know came close playing as a um, being a player, and it was just kind of cool to finally get over that hump and bring one back to the city. Yeah, I mean, 100. percent I mean, y'all basically. But when you put things in perspective, y'all, y'all won. It's the biggest thing a lot of people ever win in their life. You know. um, a lot, a lot of them kids go on, won't have a lot of success, at least team success, uh, when they play in college. Some of them kids will go on to the NBA, never never win an NBA championship, uh, might compete for one. But but a lot of people, like, whether whether they have individual success in their careers, bro, they win a state championship. That might be the biggest thing they've ever won in their life and ever will win. Uh, obviously, you know, getting drafted will be, like, the best thing that ever happened to them, stuff like that, um, if they do move on. But as far as winning goes, like no, no, nothing might match a, a state championship. So obviously, before we before we talk about how y'all go defend y'all state championship, we just gotta give y'all a round of applause. But yeah, so you know, obviously a big congratulations, y'all, bro. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the team. I've talked to Ant before, so I'm definitely proud of him. So before we talk about how how to defend, y'all won the state championship. The, the the hype video of winning kind of came out. Ant broke down. He was emotional, bro. Like it just it was overwhelming for him. So seeing that kind of emotion from him, what was it from you? How how were you? What was the emotions after? Like like were you living? How many? How long were you living on a high being a state champion? How long did it feel till it was like real that you was a state champion? Like give me like the days and the weeks following winning the state championship. What life was like? Uh, when when the buzzer went off and we was officially state champions though me like we 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 always got a mentality is when somebody getting weak pick pick them up and i remember running on the court it's on the video and i just seen my brother like i just like just getting teary i not gonna see him getting weak and as soon as he was dropping i decided i got to catch him pick him back up and i and i whispered in his ear i said man let's go celebrate let's go celebrate we did it and we talk about it to this day and it just like after I say after about a week uh winning the state championship, man, we was we was ready to go back again, like get back in the gym, man. But we decided to let the guys rest and enjoy the moment and stuff like that. But it's it's definitely been a good feeling, man. Everywhere you go, you get in love. And I go to the grocery store, hey man, y'all did it. Y'all did it and stuff like that. Everywhere I go, people dapping me up, dapping the players up, uh the rest of the staff. Appreciate appreciate um us for bringing something back to the city and bringing their attention back to Wilson. And we also got invited up to Raleigh, you know what I'm saying, to, um, to do some stuff up there too. So it was just big and we had a mayor come to our school when we all got our rings and stuff and he had some good stuff to say about us. I mean, it's just been all love in the city, man. And they just been thanking us and it just make you want to do it again and again and again and again. So yeah, we, you know what I'm saying, we ready to uh, get back and you know what I'm saying, Defend our, defend our state championship. Yeah, I mean, people don't realize how big high school sports really is. 
You know, they think it's, it's for the athletes and, and it's for the coaches. But, like, you put on for the city. Like, you, you know, a lot of a lot of teams, they wear in the city across their chest. That's who they're representing. Uh, and then you even talk about the little kids. You know, the, the future the future of Wilson, the guys who are the, – the kids who are five, six, seven years old wanting to hoop, coming to the games and just seeing what the future of putting on for the city looks like. So it just gives everybody that hope. And it's like, you know – some of them, you know, some of your players really don't realize the impact that they had on that five, six, or seven year old, or uh, uh, anybody that's watching them play f- for the rest of their life. Like that, you know, seeing that success from a 16, 17 year old kid, somebody's big brother, somebody's big cousin, will ultimately probably, you know, impact that young that young boy for the rest of his life and, and put him in a position where that's where I want to be. I, I want to be that same person one day. I want to hold up that state championship, you know. Uh, I want to be the star of that team. I want to put on for the city. I see what it does. So y'all won the state championship. How? How? What is y'all's preparation to defend it? Because winning one, you know, ultimately being a top tier team, but winning the state championship, beating all odds. Now you you know y'all on the map. Like you said, you know the city's on the map. The school is on the map. Y'all as coaches are on the map. Y'all got targets on y'all back. The players got targets on their back. Uh, and obviously you're going to be majority of your games next year. You're going to be their best game. You, you're going to be the best team they play. Uh, you're going to be the team they look forward to playing. You know, we got to take down the defending state champs, you know, that pride thing. So how school's about to start up, which means, you know, once school starts, you, you roll through football season real quick. And it seems like basketball right there. I mean, I'm sure y'all starting, you know, training and open gyms here already. So, what what's the plan? How how y'all how do y'all plan on defending it? And, and is defending the state championship something that, that's realistic? Well, we got um prove people wrong again because last, um, after the um this past year we uh we lost like nine guys which were seniors. So now everybody said y'all lost y'all big guns. What y'all got? What y'all got? They, they you know so they gonna have a drop off. So it's kind of like the same thing as last year, man. Just go out there and be us and. Just prove people wrong to just have that chip on your shoulder and stuff like that. Just go out there every time. You know what I'm saying? Every time you go out there, step between the line, just have a chip on your shoulder and just give it your all like it's going to be your last game. And that's what we tell our kids all the time. You never know when it's going to be your last game. You never know. Like So just go out there and bust your tail and just give it your all. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So like you said, it's just you go out there and work. Yeah. Obviously, I know, you know, I know uh, Coach Ant ain't – he not worried about the noise. I know, like you said, y'all use that as motivation. So, how do – if you've had these conversations, how do the players feel? The returning – the little bit of returning players? And even if you were if you were giving advice, obviously you being, being the OG to these high school kids, you're giving advice. How are you prepping the new players wearing this Wilson Prep jersey? Coming in, playing for a team that's defending a state title. How do you prepare those players, the new players, and even the returning guys who is part of, is part of the state championship team, but also going to be part of the team? They say y'all going to drop off. How are you preparing them and, and mentally making them feel like they could do exactly you know repeat what was done? Well, we we let them know the standard, and we let them know what Coach Ant say all the time. We ain't lowering it for nobody. It's even you. You you live up to the standard, or you go play somewhere else, and that's what we, that's what we tell the returner guys. We, that's what we told we telling the new guy that's coming up. 
even transferring over or coming up from um, the JV or something like that, hey, we ain't lowering the standards. So you even work on your game and live up to it, and you be a good person on the court and off the court, or you just go find somewhere else to play or be a spectator, go in the stands and watch or something, because we ain't going to change for nobody. And anybody that know us can can tell you we ain't going to change for nobody. And uh, we just letting them know, man, last year, man, we was looking for games, and we was trying to schedule all the big teams, and every time we called, they said it was full, which they was because everybody want to play the big teams, so it's, it's, it don't take long for them to fill up their schedule. And now – a year later, now it's like every every school in the in, in the state calling us to play us, like big time schools, like you know what I'm saying. And now we ask us a fool, and we can't, you know what I'm saying. So it's just like we just letting them know what a year can do, well, you know how much how much can change in a year, and we just tell them, hey man, this is what we this is what we predicted when we first came over here at Wilson Prep, and we ain't gonna change it for nobody. We just gonna keep climbing up. We just gonna keep going up. We ain't gonna have no drop off. We gonna we gonna keep going up. Yeah. So like you said, um, man, y'all y'all got something to defend. I'm sure you know. I'm sure if y'all can have it y'all way, y'all gonna put you know get them Tom Brady hands and have to have two hands to show off y'all state championship. So we talked about Wilson. We talked about winning the state championship over there. Now let's talk about your team that made it and fell short. Uh, so we we gonna talk about the Phoenix Suns a little bit. Um, obviously. Y'all had a great year. Made it to the NBA Finals. Uh, take Milwaukee to six. Was up 2-0. Looked like ultimately, you know, y'all were going to run away with the championship. That's what it looked like up 2-0. Monty Williams had just flat out out Coach Bud. Uh, Coach Bud at that point. You know, everybody besides Giannis, nobody really came to play for Milwaukee. Chris Paul figured it out. Devin Booker figured it out. Uh, the moment didn't seem too big for any of those players like some would have predicted. That, you know, it was a young team. First time ever in the playoffs for a lot of those guys, and they actually make it to the NBA Finals. You know, thought they would kind of fold under pressure. So, y'all fell short in six. Obviously, it was a little disappointing. I wanted to see Chris Paul. You know, I I wanted to see Chris Paul get his first championship. I'm sure like a lot of us uh, growing up who probably loved Chris Paul. So, just as a whole, what what was your overall thoughts on the Phoenix Suns season? Uh, I was very happy. I mean, that's what I pre- I predicted. I mean, I predicted us to go that far, and everybody laughed at me. But I knew we had a roster. Did I really, really feel like we could make it that far? I knew we had a chance, but it's like, I'm, as a fan, I'm real, real happy and I'm satisfied with it because mainly our team is built around a bunch of young players, and, and other than Chris Paul, and for them to be making it to first for for one, it was our first playoff experience and I don't know how long then mm-hmm. our young guys responded well in the playoffs from playing against the Lakers even though there was a little banged up to sweeping Denver which was a good team with the um, MVP up there and you know beating a good Clipper team even though they were a little short of Kawhi Leonard they still had a good good solid team and for them to respond to you know saying some of those teams and stuff like that I was I was real satisfied of course I wanted to win the championship but I mean I mean, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be beneficial down the road. I, but I really would wanted it for Chris Paul. But I, th- I definitely think Devin Booker, uh, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and all those guys, DeAndre Ayton, all those guys got better though. Just from facing those teams and even losing to the Bucks, I think they really got. I think they really got better though. I think Devin Booker learned a lot from Drew Holiday as far as on the defensive end and working hard to score him and PJ Tucker and those type of guys and. DeAndre Ayton, what, 
in his early twenties and he's a he had to guard um guard Giannis. You know what I'm saying? Giannis and stuff like that. So I mean, I I I think it'll be a benefit us down the road and stuff, but of course I wanted to win it all, but you know, sometimes you gotta take a little bump and bruise, bruise here and there to get where you wanna be. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, y'all kind of fell short. Uh, like you said, though, that playoff experience, you know, coming to be able to bounce back next year. Now, had they have won the championship, I would have felt a little bit about different about Phoenix's future. The only reason I say that, you got a bunch of young guys. That could be the best, worst thing for any franchise when when guys outplay their where the, their draft stock, you know, and then when if they come out of that, their first four to five years and win the championship, the price go up. So yeah. now DeAndre Ayton worth a little more, even though he, he's turned into a really good player, but that championship status makes him worth a little more. And obviously Devin Booker, who he's going to get paid, he's gotten paid and he would deserve to get paid, but he gets more. And then, you know, he ends up possibly making an all NBA team. So now his contract become a little more expensive. Mikel Bridges uh, being a key contributor on the championship team, you know, he's put on notice. A lot of other teams, he'll be that team, or he'll be that player when it comes to, to free agency, it's a bidding war. And Phoenix is going to have to match, and there's going to be that team that's going to willing to to pay that maximum price that Bridges is allowed to earn, and Phoenix has to decide. Well, I do think for the future, it was kind of good that they didn't win yeah. because you don't have really, uh, in your core, you don't have a single player in their prime, which therefore means you have a possibility. Prices haven't gone up yet. Guys are going to get paid what they deserve. But ultimately, it didn't become. I don't think the core becomes too expensive to keep together. Uh, you was able to you retain Chris Paul. I'm sure uh, Jake Crowder obviously is coming back. You know, so what's next for Phoenix? We talk about the season, which was an incredible season against all odds. Uh, what's next for the Phoenix Suns? Uh, I think get some people to protect the rim because, as you see, as you see, uh, when the when Greek Freak was driving to the basket. I mean, he won't really nobody there to even make, make make it miserable down there for him because Aiden was the guy he was driving on. So, yeah, I mean, like Aiden was um, guarding him. So when he drive past eight, eight drive past Aiden, he won't really nobody there. I mean, you had uh, Cam Johnson, Macau Bridges, Sarit before he got hurt, uh, Kaminsky guys, Jay Crowder. I mean, that's gold if you the Greek free and you driving, you see guys under the basket that's four, five, six inches shorter than you. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to do nothing with that. So I think by going out and signing McGee and somebody that, you know what I'm saying, like somebody that can really help us, you know what I'm saying, mainly defend um, around the rim, get some um, alley hoops, some, you know what I'm saying, cl- um, crash the offensive glass. So I, I like that they uh, signing a lot. And um, they hoping um, Jalen Smith live up to his draft stocks. Um, my last year lottery pick. He doing pretty having a little strong summer league right now. And him at six eleven with being able to shoot and long, got long arms and stuff like that. He could be a guy that um help us next year. You know what I'm saying? That that goes on the radar and help us next year. Yeah, so I mean, like you said, they did need a little more rim protection. DeAndre Ayton was getting, you know, in foul trouble in the in NBA finals. Everything was smooth, everything looked good for Phoenix going up to low. Uh, but then that's kind of when Milwaukee finally, you know, Coach Bud actually added adjustments yeah. to his repertoire of coaching. And we know that's something that, you know, I've been very critical of. And I think a lot of people have been very critical of has been, you know, his his lack 
of adjustments. And so Milwaukee was able to make them adjustments, get DeAndre Ayton in foul trouble. So now with the addition of JaVale McGee, you know, because Kaminsky just – he couldn't even slightly make up what, what Phoenix was lacking without DeAndre Ayton. Like, it just uh, – Drew Holiday, you know, as much as I love Chris Paul, Chris Paul's older. And Drew Holiday, you know, finally realized that and, and hounded Chris Paul 94 feet. Yeah. And that changed the whole aspect of how effective Chris Paul was. And and everybody likes to dig at Chris Paul and say, well, he folded. If you actually look at his numbers yeah. in games three through six, Chris Paul did not play bad. He didn't play bad at all. He had a, you know, a costly turnover here and there. But overall, his stats were not bad, but he was worn down. And you've seen that towards the end of every game. That defense that Drew Holiday was playing, you could tell it got to him Uh you know, you could tell it got to him towards the end of the game, and and Drew Holiday continued that, and it just ultimately it was like Drew Holiday played as long as Chris Paul played, and he hounded him, and it wasn't about offense for Drew Holiday. Uh, he he had like two good offensive games, but ultimately it was about what can you do for me for defense. Chris Middleton stepped up and had a couple big games. PJ Tucker, we know the dog he is defensively. They was throwing him on, you know, Devin Booker. Uh, they would take a turn. Then they had Bobby Portis. Like they were taking turns with those guys, uh, throwing them on Devin Booker. Just Milwaukee had a lot of a lot of ammo, honestly, and they're bringing back majority of the team. But they just had a lot of ammo to really, you know, once they made them adjustments to really ultimately get right and get with Phoenix. And I just think Phoenix didn't have enough when it came to the finals because that team, but throughout the playoffs, you could see it. But they were they were good enough and made it happen. Is they were real reliant on Chris Paul and Devin Booker, uh, as great as campaign played. And I think you know once he got hurt, the little bit of time that he missed, I think that made a difference too because he was that scorer coming off the bench. He was playing with you know high confidence. So when when you took that aspect away for Phoenix, uh, it changed the game. And like I said, it seemed like they became too reliant on Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Uh, you seen that with Mikael Bridges? He, he wasn't as great when. Chris Paul was getting hounded and Devin Booker was on a bad shooting night. The offense just wasn't the same. The players weren't stepping up the way they did. And that was what I applauded for Phoenix was most of the victories and their great performances in the playoffs wasn't, it wasn't about Devin Booker. It wasn't about Chris Paul. We know they're going to get theirs. It was about the fact that they had a third or fourth guy uh, outside of Phoenix's big three to step up and give me 15 to 20 points. If it wasn't Bridges, it was Prouder. If it wasn't either one of those two, it was campaign. You even had Cam Johnson. Like, if he got hot, he'd give you 15 to 18 or five or six threes made um, in a game. And so that's what I applauded for Phoenix was just that depth. So what 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 what's – you talk about what's next, what they needed. So what's the ultimate success for Phoenix next season? Uh, Just uh, just compete and be, be back in the hunt. Obviously, we already know the West is loaded. The East getting loaded too. So just can't say uh, we're going to be back next year, but – just compete, man. Just go back, and you gonna get everybody the best shot. Everybody know you're not, you're not no, you know, what I'm saying like no slouch no more. So, and I'm pretty sure those teams like the Lakers and stuff know. Hey, man, they put us out last year in the first round. We had a had a banger AD, but we don't appreciate that. You know, them are probably saying, hey, man, they swept us. We we ain't that bad of a team for them to sweep us in four four straight games. And you know, everybody, all them gonna get their um get teams best shot. Devin Booker, obviously, everybody talking about him. So. Now you gonna have on Pat Bells and stuff want their want their face back and stuff like that. So it just come back and just 
No, try just compete. That's all you can do in the NBA is compete, especially on the West Coast where probably one through nine or ten is stacked and loaded. So only thing you can do is just come out, go out there and show up every night and just try to – the season really start now and get better in the offseason, you know. And come yeah. Out. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be tough for Phoenix. And like you said, I mean, a lot of teams are coming back healthy – but then not only that is is like you said, like you know, they just got that target painted on their back. Like they just won the conference. The team to beat, you know, I'm big on champions of the team to beat, no matter who's favorite, no matter what Vegas says, like they won the West. What's therefore means they the team to beat in the West. They they coming in as the reigning Western Conference champion. You you gotta take that title from them. Can't take that title from them in a regular season. Can't take that title from them in the first round of the playoffs unless you ultimately beat them then you know they're not going to earn that title. But, you know, we got the Lakers. We got the Nuggets. Like you said, I mean, one through nine is loaded. Hopefully, Clay is coming back healthy, so we'll be able to see Golden State and the Splash Brothers and uh, see what they do. So there's a lot that Phoenix is going to have to conquer again uh, to ultimately get back to the finals, let alone. But I do think them having that experience, that playoff experience, Devin Booker, you know, obviously we know Chris Paul has playoff experience, but – even the hunger of wanting to reach the NBA Finals again, I think that's big. I think that'll be big for, for Chris Paul and his motivation to play going into, what, age 37. He's not getting any younger, but you do have DeAndre Ayton. And I think because they didn't win the championship, the boys are going to come back hungry. I was just concerned about Phoenix had they won the championship. Great feeling, and realistically, if they never won another one, nobody really would care. Yeah, uh, You know, ultimately, like, they got that one. But, you know, once you win that championship, business comes into play and the motivation isn't necessarily always there. Uh, I felt like had Phoenix being so young on the championship, it could go one of two ways. And those young guys like, OK, we could shoot for an elite type of legacy uh, individually and as a team. But also you, business comes along and the, the incentives of making money gets higher. You know, like I said, the price of every player goes up, the 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 sponsorship deals outside the outside the league, you know, the individual endorsements start coming in because you guys are champions. So now you can be the face of everything. So all that stuff plays in a factor. And, and sometimes business can reside over, you know, I won't call it pleasure because their job is business, but, you know, they're playing the game they love. But the business side is how to maximize uh, their talents to make as much money as possible. And obviously it makes it easier when you win championships. So I feel like Phoenix – uh, was going to struggle with that. So, you know, that, that kind of wraps it up. Uh, before we go, just plug in, you know, anybody, anywhere you want people to follow you and just, you know, how can we follow Wilson Prep this season if we're not in the state of North Carolina, but, but want to be able to check them out and check out your journey on, uh, what hopefully we can come back and talk about a back to back state championship. Yeah. Uh, you can keep up with us on our uh, team page, Wilson Prep Hoops on Twitter and stuff like that. And, um, my my uh my Twitter is dark five dark five on Twitter and stuff. You just keep up with us that way, and then hopefully um my guys be live um uh, our games be live stream um um this upcoming year, and whenever uh, we find out what's going on, I will post a stream on the um on um my page or the team page, and follow us up there. Cause it's 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 gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a good little show this year, man. We got some good stuff coming, man. We got some good stuff, but we just can't release it right now. It's going to be coming up soon, though. And y'all heard the man. They got a lot of big stuff coming up soon. So make sure y'all go check out Wilson Prep. 
And make sure y'all check out everything they got going on. Like I said, you know, everything, this was about, you know, them having an opportunity to defend their state championship and go back to back. So everybody make sure they go follow my guy, Dante Artist, D-Art, D-Art 5 on Twitter. You know, make sure you go follow their journey. Anyway, you can follow Wilson Pratt. Make sure you go follow the head coach, uh, Anthony Atkinson, another great guy, you know, who, who's built that program from the ground up. So, you know, shout out to him. Shout out to, you know, just the whole state of North Carolina, the Hoop State, uh, as the, as they love to call it. And and I can't disagree. There's a lot of talent out there, you know, in the state of North Carolina. So, you know, obviously a great interview with my guy, Dante. Now, let, let's get into some of the NBA stuff you know, that, that's been going on. Obviously, you know, Draymond Green and Kevin Durant had a sit down, uh, try and basically hash out some things. Draymond needed to know what was on his conscience. We'll touch on that just a little bit. I know that's kind of a sensitive subject that people are kind of tired of hearing about it. So, you know, we'll kind of, we'll hit on that, you know, towards the end as, as we wind down, we got a little bit more time left here on up in flames on nothing but net channel on dash radio. So I do appreciate everybody for tuning in. You know, I appreciate everybody for listening to that dope interview now. Let's get into the NBA. A lot of things have happened. Like I said, Draymond and KD had a sit-down. Uh, Kawhi had signed his contract. Joel Embiid got a long-term extension, four years, you know, basically for the Supermax. Uh, and LeBron James, you know, this wouldn't be an up-in-flames episode if I didn't bring up LeBron James. So I want to start there before we kind of... You know, before we kind of get into, you know, you know, shouting out Joel Embiid and where Philly goes from here and Kawhi Leonard and whether that was a great move for the Clippers. I mean, obviously keeping a guy like Kawhi, but let's not get distracted. Let's talk about LeBron James. Okay, so the player votings and, you know, where the GMs and the players and the coaches have voted and he received zero. Yes, I said zero votes as the best player in the NBA. And a lot of people will listen to me and expect that I have a problem with that. But I don't. We're talking about a guy going into year 19. And this is kind of, I won't say the first time because we'll have to go back some years. And when I say some years, I literally mean some years towards the beginning of his career. But this is the first time in a long time where LeBron has had zero votes, you know, as as the best player in the NBA. And that's okay. It's, it's a new era. And we're kind of seeing... Giannis, you know, maybe he's taking over. Maybe he's, you know, getting the torch passed to him. Maybe not officially. I'm sure if LeBron could handpick the guy that he passes the torch to, uh, part of me would be, you know, almost 100% sure that it wouldn't be Giannis. But even still, like, you're you're seeing the next wave of, of superstars emerge. I mean, Luka Doncic, Giannis, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, you know, Jalen Brown, Devin Booker, Trey Young, Ice Trey who made a name for himself for real in these playoffs and everybody who kind of doubted the the draft night trade of Luca for Trey kind of, you know, silenced the haters as great as Luca has been, you know, Trey has shown that he belongs in that same tier and he's here. You know, he kind of became the villain over there, uh, up there, up North in Madison square garden. And it was amazing to watch, you know, everything that he did in the playoffs, it was amazing to watch, but you know, LeBron has not been and everybody's having a field day. And it's like LeBron is entering year 19 and we're now finally kind of coming to the realization that LeBron probably isn't the best player in the NBA. And that's okay. LeBron is still a top five, three to seven. I'll say in that range of, 
of best players in the league, and that's at year 19. You know, he's about to be 38 years old. Uh, He's 37, so or he's about to be 37. I apologize, but that's kind of the realm that we're in is we're still talking about a, a 37-year-old is still a top three to seven player in the NBA, however you want to slice and dice it. He would probably be second or third for me. I, I, I kind of give Kate, Kevin Durant the crown. Um, But Giannis... You know, everything that he did in the finals and in the playoffs as a whole, he definitely earned some stakes. So I'm okay with anybody who puts LeBron at three. Uh, But outside of after that, like, I really need to hear your argument to put any of these players ahead of LeBron. Obviously, you know, prior to injury, he was an MVP candidate. He was he was leading the MVP race in some people's eyes. Not everybody. It it wasn't, you know, um, it wasn't as a whole. But LeBron was leading the MVP race. At one point in time, and he was definitely a high high caliber MVP candidate uh, prior to the ankle injury. So to say that LeBron doesn't belong in the top five, the top seven, and to, to knock him for not being the best player in the NBA no more is like you know what his reign is over. It's been time to pass the torch, and and a lot of players have passed the torch a lot sooner, or the torch was forcefully passed. And kind of you look at you know Jordan, and I guess we would say it was Jordan to Kobe. Uh, from Jordan to Kobe, in a sense, I'm, there were some really great players in between when Kobe really emerged and took over as the best player in the NBA. You had your Tim Duncan, you had Shaquille O'Neal. So it's kind of tough to say that like it was just it went from Jordan to to Kobe, uh, you know, because there was some some there was a dynasty in there with, with San Antonio. There was a. a what we consider the the most dominant player of all time is Shaquille O'Neal. But even if you want to go from Jordan to Kobe and then Kobe to LeBron, and we've been looking who LeBron is passing it to. And so to say that it's anything short of amazing that LeBron James is passing the torch in year 19, and it's forcefully, I don't think he's ready to give it up. But for him to not be the best, it's not a knock on him. Everybody wants to make, you know, this players aren't voting him king anymore, that it's a knock on him and his legacy. no. All great things come to an end. Jordan's career ended. Jordan playing with the Washington Wizards happened. That did happen. I, I know some of you OGs and old school cats like to act like it didn't, or that I erased that, you know, memory from the back of my head, but it happened. Kobe's last four to five years, rest in peace to the late great Kobe, but you know, his last four to five years were injury riddled. That happened. You know, I know we think about these players in the great times, but there were some some downfalls. Some, you know, Kobe after the Achilles, he just wasn't the same. And even his farewell tour, it was to pay homage to an ultimate legend, an all-time legend in Kobe Bryant. But that season wasn't a success. The team was terrible. Kobe couldn't carry him like he had normally did. And he was at the end of his career. It was okay. Kobe was in year 20. And we accept that. Shaquille O'Neal played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He played for the Boston Celtics. He played for the Phoenix Suns after playing for the Orlando Magic in his prime with the L.A. Lakers and even winning a championship and, you know, came third in MVP that year with the Miami Heat. But he had a career after that. And we don't kill Shaq. Shaq played for multiple teams, obviously, throughout his career. And we we make that a dent on some of these players in today's game. But we we applaud Shaq for his amazing career and we don't talk about at the end that he tried to, you know, jump on there with Boston 
and, and play with Boss. He, he played in Phoenix. He ended up in Cleveland trying to win another one after winning one with uh, Dwayne Wade in Miami. He wanted to go and try and help LeBron win one. Ultimately, that wasn't the same Shaq. So it's I don't want to knock LeBron for not winning one with Shaq when we know that was Shaq well past his prime. Kind of towards the end of his career, and he was just trying to get in where he fit in. The Diesel was a name, Superman, however you want to look at it. But that was where he was at. So to say, and this was all around the same timeline. Some of these guys haven't, didn't even, you know, make it to really be any type of successful, make the playoffs in, in you know, year 18 or anything like that. So we knock LeBron James, and that's just one thing I don't like is don't knock the man for his great career. I understand he's always, and he's done, done it to himself that he wants to be the greatest player of all time. And, you know, that, that argument is such a, it's such an annoying argument at this point because I feel like if you think LeBron is the GOAT, then cool. There's nothing he'll do to make you change your mind. Otherwise, if you think Jordan is the GOAT, then cool. There's nothing to me that LeBron or pretty much any other player would be able to do for you to ultimately change your mind. So even still, LeBron to me is on the Mount Rushmore, uh, regardless of where I have him placed, just for argument's sake and for listeners to ultimately not try and attack me. But he's on the Mount Rushmore. He's one of the four greatest players to ever play this game. You can't deny it. Ten finals trips, um, you know, four, you know, finals victories, obviously, four, four championships, four MVPs, you know, uh, 17, 16, 17 all-star appearances, uh, 13 or 14 all-NBA appearances. Like, LeBron has had a legendary career, and he's going to go to, obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer. And probably 20 years from now, there'll be that crowd that is saying, you know, maybe he is the undisputed GOAT. The same way that Michael Jordan kind of is to the OGs when people become my age, I think a lot of people might really say that LeBron is the undisputed GOAT. You know, I think he's aging like fine wine. He's getting better with time. So it's just one of those. I just hate the fact that him not being the number one player has to really make the news. And I really hate that I have to talk about it because it's okay that LeBron is not the best player in the league. It's perfectly okay. But you know, the major media outlets, y'all don't get the real authentic stuff unless you're listening here on Dash Radio, and you heard my guy Stephen G uh, of Breaking the Game and Kenneth prior to me, or you hear my guy Chris LeBron who's going to come after me and everybody else at Off the Ball. And, and a lot of the other outlets, the, the small time, you know, small town media outlets, we give it to you real. We don't have an agenda. And, and I just, you know, it was kind of a dead week, and that's why LeBron got so much attention, and it's just crazy because football's coming up. And we're having to have LeBron James conversations, you know, prior to preseason slate, you know, this past weekend, if you were able to tune in and college football kicks off, you know, Saturday for, for those that are really into college football. And we're here talking about LeBron James and we're also here to talk about guys NBA 2K ratings. And I'm not going to get into that. That's just it. That's kind of ridiculous. It's a video game. It's virtual reality, which means it's not real. So why are we? I understand. We know how. 2K can really get, you know, with the ratings. And we know how Madden does, you know, with the football players. So that's not a conversation I want to have of who deserves to be where. They'll build it up in the season. Their talent will speak for themselves. Yes, people got shafted. People should be higher. But that's just a conversation that I'll let you true virtual reality gamers um, and everybody else, you know, associated with the 2K League. If you're really interested in that, then, you know, I feel like that's a conversation for that show. But let's move on. You know, shout out to LeBron. You know, still a top five player in today's game. Still one of the greatest players we've ever seen. You know, where you put him, like I said, is up to you. But let, let's move on 
to Joel Embiid, he signs his four-year, $198 million contract. Kevin Durant also signed one, and uh, Kawhi Leonard signed one four years, if I'm not mistaken, like 173. So these guys got ultimately, you know, super max contracts. And the the main one I want to talk about is Joel Embiid because does that whole Philly back from ultimately competing and being a championship team? I don't think it does. You have to, I mean, Joel Embiid, top five to seven player, however you want to look at it. He's a top three to five talent, but night in and night out, he's a top five to seven player in the NBA today. One of the most talented centers we've ever seen, whether you want to face it or not and go back to the old school way of how centers played. When you just talk about pure talent, he's one of, he's not the, he's not the most dominant, but he's one of him and and Jokic. Two of the most talented centers we've seen, especially in today's NBA where, you know, they stretch the floor, they shoot the three, they, they go from outside in, you know, it's not just dominant around the paint. And can you give me a hook shot? You know, centers are able to shoot jumpers and, and have a little ball handle and, you know, Nikola Jokic is an all-time passer when we talk about from the center position. Like, what he does at the center position, he's a great passer. So, I think what what has to happen next with Joel Embiid in Philly, I think they need to really have a, a, a sit-down, you know, a look in the mirror with their front office and a sit-down with Ben Simmons. I think that relationship is broken, personally, and I think that the best move for Philly and Ben Simmons would be to ship him off. And I think Philly is being a little unreasonable for the asking price for a relationship that's damaged. And everybody in the NBA, you know, around the league, they kind of know that that relationship is damaged. So they're not going to be willing to pay four first-rounders and an all-star type of talent, you know, to, to ultimately land Ben Simmons because they know, like, it's kind of inevitable right now that Ben Simmons will not be a Philadelphia 76er. So I think with Joel Embiid getting paid, they kind of showed that, you know, I know Ben Simmons is on a nice contract, a lot of money, but they kind of showed to me that their future moving forward is Joel Embiid. And the way they built their team is they built it where Ben Simmons is there, but they built their team to me around Joel Embiid. And I feel like, you know, as as much as, as good as I think Ben Simmons is, and I know his failures, it was a tough sight to see. As good as I think Ben Simmons is, I think Philly is making the right move, but they do have to get rid of Ben Simmons. I just don't think those two ultimately fit together if championship is your your motive to be a really good team and have high hopes going into the playoffs. Philly will still be that if they do keep Ben Simmons. But as far as ultimately reaching a championship, I just don't see them still beating the likes of Brooklyn, uh, the likes of Milwaukee. Obviously, Giannis is on his high horse. Right now, he's going to be, you know, feeling himself rightfully so coming into the season. He's going to feel like, you know, I think Giannis will come into next season after winning a championship and still feel like he has more to prove. So that's going to be a dangerous sight for the rest of the NBA is that Giannis Antetokounmpo reaching his prime, entering his prime, feels like he has a lot to prove after coming off a finals MVP uh, in, in a championship and also an MVP caliber like season where his numbers were kind of better and more efficient than he's ever been. And he's already won two MVPs prior to this and a defensive player of the year. So I think with Philly, they, they need to figure out what's best. If, if I'm with what I paid Joel and B, like I said, he's the future. He's there for the future. And with Ben Simmons being unhappy, I, I look at Portland and I wonder what Portland's willing, you know, what, what the price is. And I know you say, Dame, but to me, to be realistic, I don't think Dame and Ben Simmons is good for even swap. I, I would look at C.J. McCollum, and I think 
both teams would benefit from that trade. And, and you could say, well, you know, Ben Simmons' potential is higher than what C.J. McCollum's is. But what C.J. McCollum is as a player right now, to me, is kind of exactly what Philly is missing. Uh, you know, a score, a guy who can really get his own bucket score that's not named Joel Embiid at the guard position. I know they'll lose a little bit defensively, but they do have Matisse Tybel. You know, they, they, they kept Danny Green. So, you know, they have Mike Scott. They do have some defenders to where I think a C.J. McCollum and a Ben Simmons Ben Simmons trade almost straight up would fit perfectly. I know you may say in the future it might not be even value, but I think that would be one of the better trades for a possibility of Philly really being able to compete for a championship. Uh, I also would say that, you know, I know they were looking at De'Aaron Fox, but they were looking at Ben Simmons for De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill, and like Halliburton. Like that's kind of ridiculous With after we're all witnessing Ben Simmons come off of what we would say a fall off season. And that's the asking price that way is like, all right, a future, you know, high caliber, all-star and possible superstar in De'Aaron Fox, probably a really, you know, potential superstar. The minute he gets out of Sacramento, we know stars get hidden out there. Look at what it did to Boogie's career, uh, DeMarcus Cousins. So I I don't want to see De'Aaron Fox happen the same way. And I think he really could be really the true key of what Philly would be missing. I mean, man, imagine had they pulled off, you know, where they get, even not Halliburton, but they they get a De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hill. I mean, <sighs> Philly at that point maybe looked at you know De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill, Danny Green, uh, Tobias Harris, you know Seth Curry. Like that might look like that could be the favorite coming out of the East. I know you know you know with Matisse Tybel and Tyrese Maxey and and all those guys they'd be coming off the bench. I, I think Philly would have a strong case that they would be better suited for a, a championship than even Brooklyn because outside of Brooklyn's big three, they have some questionable pieces. So I think that's just something that Philly needs to look at and they kind of need to consider and probably lower their price. I know you're looking at, man, it could bite us in the butt five years from now, but to win a championship, you can't think about five to six years from now. You know, guy, teams are all in. Age doesn't matter. Look at the Lakers. Even look at the Miami Heat. You know, they, they felt like they, it was necessary for them to improve and, you know, they ended up doing a sign and trade and getting rid of a young, promising talent, Precious Ochoa, and obviously Goran Dragic to, to lure Kyle Lowry in the sign and trade to be able to make him shake over there in Miami. They got P.J. Tucker. They got Markeith Moore. So age is not necessarily a factor on teams trying to win championships. Uh, like I said, the Lakers roster, we know their age, and, you know, whether you question whether that's built for success or not, that's probably a conversation for another time, but... I think Philly just needs the. You can't look at five years from now. You have Joel Embiid now. I think you need to get the best of him while he's in his prime. You know, he's kind of injury prone. So, you know, before he ends up really, you know, knock on wood, but hopefully he doesn't have a, a injury that derails the rest of his career. I think, you know, I think it's about time that, that Philly makes that move and they lower the asking price. And clearly no team is willing to trade it. We We talked about Golden State and, possible James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins and both of their lottery picks for Ben Simmons. And clearly that wasn't the move Golden State wanted to make and probably for the best for that organization for the right now and the future when you really think about who they were able to draft. And I think those two draft picks would have made Philly a lot better contenders also. I'm not all out on Ben Simmons. I just think Ben Simmons needs a change of scenery. And I think giving Joel Embiid the the extension that we knew he was going to get but in, in the time of where we think Ben Simmons is ultimately going to be 
traded, I think it sent the message that the way the team is built, it looks like it's built around Joel Embiid, not Ben Simmons. And it just looks like there's no future there. I know they say, I think it's all smokescreen saying that they would love Ben Simmons to continue his career there, but I think they're just trying to raise his value. Coming off of a disappointing playoff performance where when we talk about Ben Simmons, like this was a guy who was once valued at for James Harden. Essentially, it was like a, a James Harden for Ben Simmons straight up, possible Harden, uh, Simmons and Maxie uh, for Harden straight up. But, you know, prior to this season, that was Ben Simmons' value. Now, you know, and that's an ultimate value. I mean, we're talking about a superstar in this league and James Harden is what you're valued for trade at, maybe a promising rookie just so, you know, Houston has something to build on giving up their superstar. But now, like, that's not even close to Ben Simmons' value, and they're still kind of asking that same asking price and essentially – multiple first-round picks, a couple second-round picks, and an all-star caliber player. To me, after a disappointing playoff performance where everybody saw that there's something wrong, you know, with Ben Simmons, is now you tried to raise the stakes on what you're willing to get or receive for him, and I just don't see it there. So I think that, you know, they're clearly building around Joel Embiid, and that needs to be something that that Philly really looks at and, and ultimately considers uh, whether they, they want to, you know, win a championship or they just want to be a really good regular season team and a competitive playoff team that can never get over the hump. So, you know, with that being said, I appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening here on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. I'm your host, Mo Murphy. As always, make sure you go check out offtheballnetwork.com for all your sports needs and entertainment. Make sure you go check out Up In Flames. Go follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Up In Flames Pod. Also, go follow my personal account at Mo underscore Cheese 15. Oh, and make sure you go check in MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag where they'll match up 50% up to $1,000 of your first deposit. So make sure you go check out MyBookie for you gambling people. Football season is coming up. College football, NFL. It's about time to create you an account. And what better way to do it than with our people over there at MyBookie. Use promo code off the ball. That'll let you know that myself from up in flames or anybody else any of my good people from off the ball network sent you and on that note i appreciate everybody once again for tuning in listening shout out to everyone everybody have a great monday and a great week of success and on that note up in flames is out